it tucked in. Because you are now in bed with Dr. Sue. Well, happy first day of spring, folks. And welcome to In Bed with Dr. Sue. I'm Sue Storm, your host through the crazy erotic world of BDSM and fetish. Tonight, my guest is Mistress Mia Dark. And I can assure you we are going to get fucking nuts tonight. There's like so much talk. Um, I have no idea. I'm positive we're not going to hit it all. I just, to me, I'm positive we're not going to get it all tonight. But that just means we'll have to twist Mia's arm real, real tight to come back on the show. Fuck you, phone. Stop beeping at me. <laughs> Anyways, um, I'm also introducing a new segment to the show tonight called Dr. Sue's Erotic Book Club. It's going to be the inaugural interview, and it's with the very talented Mistress Kaz B about her book, Sorted Secrets. And that's going to be towards the end of the show. We will be hearing from Kaz, and we're also going to hear a small excerpt from the book. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that because it's going to be a great bedtime story tonight. But in the meantime, I have a few shout-outs today, and then we'll get to birthdays. And, of course, we're going to talk about who's heading to DomCon in May. So we will be right back, right after this. This message is for Flirts on Night Flirt, who would like to have exclusively designed listings, but don't know how to code. My name is Robin Wildheart, and I've been active on Night Flirt since 2008. Back when I started, I didn't know anyone who did coding for flirts, so I learned how to do it myself. Now, I provide a service that does all the coding for you. Just send me a message and I'll explain how easy and affordable it is to get all your coding done for you. Stop worrying and get fast, friendly service. Satisfaction guaranteed. You won't make any payments until you're completely satisfied with how your listing looks. Get in touch with Robin Wildheart on Nightflirt, Twitter, or FetLife. The sooner you send me that message, the sooner you'll get that attention-grabbing listing. I am Siren Reina. I am a certified and trained hypnotist. This means that I embed all of my recordings with legitimate hypnotic commands. Now, role playing can be fun, and I enjoy a good story as much as the next person. But if you really want to please me, you will hand me over the keys to your mind and let me do what I do so well. Leave little triggers, leave little thoughts, little hauntings and make you question your reality. How much of it is you? How much of it is me? How much of it do you want to be me? You want to hand me your mind, don't you? You want to let go, feel free, have fun, and relax. That's right. Hand me the keys to your mind and let yourself Be my hypnotic pet. That's right. Make sure you follow me on Twitter, at SirenReina. S-Y-R-E-N-R-A-Y-N-A. Enjoy being addicted. 
You fool. I know what you did. I have proof. I have pictures, and I have all of your information. You're going to pay me, or everyone's going to know. Think you can handle real blackmail from a real blackmail mistress? Go to www.blackmailfetish.com and find out. I know I'll see you there. And so will everyone else unless you keep me happy. You don't have the balls. (laughs) Yeah, you don't have the balls. Just saying. (laughs) Anyways, let's get started with some shout-outs. I have a quick hi going out to these Fabuballs listeners. I want to say hi to the Tonester, of course. Congrats on surviving Mistress Aurora. Hi to Findoms on Twitter and Cheryl and Master Blackrod. And my favorite now is Hey Pig Spender. If you guys aren't following him, you have to. It's just so good. If you're looking for some adult domain names, Dominic Chiara has many for sale. All you have to do is go to cashmistress.com for a list of the URLs available, and the way to get in touch with Kiara is right there when you go. Um, I've also placed a link on the Giantess show page, so you can have a look there too. Um, good Lord, that was easy. That's good, because we have a lot to get to. So we're going to move on to birthdays. For those of you interested, you can get a birthday shout-out as well as be listed in our Dom birthday directory with your wish list. So remember, you can see who has an upcoming birthday, but all you have to do is head to inbedwithdrsue.com and have a look at the registry. It's just so epically easy. So let's get started. We actually have a bunch of belated birthdays today. Um, Some of them came in late. We have... Madame Poison, her birthday was on March 1st. Mistress Crystal had her birthday yesterday, March 19th. Mistress Julia Taylor was February the 11th. Mary Lane was March the 16th. Pisces Princess was March 3rd. And last, but certainly not least, is our upcoming April birthday, Goddess Belladonna on April the 8th, which is also my husband's great day course anyways um be sure to hit up in bed with drsue.com click on birthdays and register your birthday or of course check out who has a birthday coming up and buy them something nice because that's the nice thing to do and we also have some doms heading to domcom you guys domcon la may 9th to the 13th we have goddess lilith Miss Sadie Sin, Jordan K, Mistress Tissa, Lady Sophia, Mistress Eva, Mistress Belle K, Goddess Sydney Jones, Ma'am Lucille Ballbuster, Madame Navia O'Kink, She Controls, Mistress Chloe Rose, Mistress Katya, and our guest tonight, Mistress Mia Dark. Be sure to hit up In Bed with Dr. Sue and look for the DomCon LA link. Check out all the ladies who are going to be attending. You can also find links to book your sessions. Be sure to do it now or you're going to end up disappointed. So that was quick. That was easy. We're going to take another quick break and I'm going to be right back with Mistress Mia. 
Whether you'd like to explore the idea of becoming a phone sex operator or are looking to begin or even expand your independent phone sex business, Lynn of Phone Sex Secrets can help. Phone Sex Secrets offers help and advice for PSOs, including articles on everything from Phone Sex 101 and industry news to marketing to how to build your business. White papers are available for purchase and immediate download, including the exclusive Phone Sex Secrets caller survey results, in which nearly 5,000 paying phone sex clients answer questions designed to help you drive your business. Personalized consultation services are also available. Lynn has been featured on Chicago's WGN Radio, ABC's Good Morning America, and elsewhere. She's ready to stand behind you and teach you how to become a phone sex superhero. You can find Lynn on Twitter at Phone Sex Secrets. That's at Phone Sex Secrets. And her website is PhoneSexSecrets.info. Again, that's PhoneSexSecrets.info. Perfection does exist, and my name is Mistress Kiara. I've been a professional dominatrix for over 12 years, so I know all of the right buttons to push to make you melt for me. I'm well known for my love of blackmail, hypnosis, and financial domination, but my other favorite fetishes include foot worship, impact play of any kind, specification and feminization, anal training, bondage, humiliation, including small penis humiliation, cock and ball torture, forced intoxication, chastity and key holding, tease and denial, and fetish wrestling and boxing. Serve me in person in the Ann Arbor, Michigan area, or on my website, mrstiarsdungeon.com, where I offer phone, cam, and instant messaging sessions, as well as over 100 clips for you to purchase. What are you waiting for? Oh. You can feel it already. You can feel it. Are you ready to drop down to your knees at the feet of an alluring and sensual goddess? Do you dream being dominated by a powerful dominant, a dominant that will take control of your secret desires and fetishes? Would you like to experience deep entrancement? If you have answered yes to any of these questions, visit me, Goddess B. Leah, at www.dominabrandelia.com or visit my other media portals designed to titillate the senses at HypnoticLeah on Twitter. So sensually hypnotic, you can feel it, feel it already, already. So sensually hypnotic, you can feel it already, already. And we are back, you guys. Oh my God, I've been waiting for this for weeks. My friends, please join me in welcoming the awe-inspiring. Oh my God, Mistress Mia Dark. <laughs> I know you said you had a pause. I was not expecting all of that. (laughs) You're 
has officially tickled me for the rest of the evening. Oh, shit. I wasn't expecting oh, it to God. be freaking ear blasting. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> Thank oh, you for being here, like Mia. This is so cool. Oh. Well, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Hopefully, everybody out there at Internet Land can get over my extreme Southern accent better than my. I don't think it's that bad. It doesn't sound that uh, you, Southern. I don't think. You wait until we wait until we get on something that's heated. I go real Julia Sugarbaker <laughs> real fast. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. I do the same thing. Everybody does that. It's like as soon as you're heated, everything, like your grammar goes, everything goes, and you just drop down into, like, primal mode. <laughs> oh, Lord. Introducing so, my base you... self. What's that? <clears throat> I think, which called introducing now my base self when I turn Julia Sugarbaker. My husband always says you go from zero to Julia Sugarbaker. And I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> you go from Sugar zero Baker. to either I'm going to kill and or eat you. Okay, but that's see, that's a whole other fetish now. <laughs> that's a Anybody whole other fetish. Although it does play into this. There are, there, so, uh, Mia, tell tell everybody how you got into doing domination in the first place. Okay, we're going to condense this story for time and other subjects that people surely want to hear about, other than like my own personal Batman story. Nobody had to die. But we like that. I didn't lose anybody, and I had fun (laughs) while doing it. Uh, When I was about 20, 21, I got out of a bad relationship and moved from Columbus, Mississippi, to Chicago, Illinois. And the Mm -hmm. first job I got was working at a call center where I met a lady who introduced me to some people, and I got another job. And next thing you know, we're promoting for a party for a dominatrix uh, lifestyle dom from Chicago or the greater Chicagoland area. And she wanted over the top dominatrix type shit. She wanted people to walk on coals. She wanted fire breathers and all the rest of this crud. The company that threw it and the other people that we met through it, I just kind of kept going back to the club where we threw the event at. And um, I saw something that as a 20 something year old black woman in a city that is not in Mississippi where I came from, I thought I was going to jail. What I actually saw was a two BBC on one white spade lady scene that was supposed to have been private, but since I was being nosy, I kind of got caught up in the middle of it. And I was like, I'm going to jail. I'm going to jail just like my mom said I would. Don't do stupid things in the city. I'm going to prison. But I couldn't stop coming to that place. So I kept showing up, and one day I was sitting at the bar, and the lady walked up with the gentleman that I thought was raping her like a piece of ham. And uh, she wasn't sad or angry or upset or anything. And I'm like, you're really kosher for someone who was sexually assaulted. That's when I learned about BBCs and studs and bulls and sexy things that happen and go bump in the night. And I've been hooked ever since. <laughs> <laughs> that is fabulous. Oh, I, man, I that ended is up beautiful. bumping into a gentleman who was like, if I keep seeing you around here, I'm just going to have to take you home. And he did. And he mm-hmm. taught me the base knowledge of everything I know. I started out as his personal submissive on a paid contract. Like, I signed a piece of paper and signed myself away at three months, six months, nine months a year. Mm-hmm. And I've never That's, learned so much I, I in will, my entire fucking life. I maintain that the best doms 
started out as of. Because you yeah, know because both this, sides of the whip. Yes, when you know what it's like to be encased for long periods of time and that's not your thing, you feel a brand new sympathy for those who are into it and making sure that they're as into it as they possibly can be because of how much it was off-putting for you. I know it sounds kind of weird. Uh, the best way I can No, it's not. It makes younger, complete sense. Was, yeah, when I was younger, I had a cousin who hated chocolate. I did not know such a thing could exist on a child, on an adult, on a person, period. Just hated chocolate. <laughs> but, like, my grandmother, rest her soul, was dead set on making sure that one day this child would like chocolate. <laughs> Even though we all loved it and she hated it and she tried to force something down her mouth and it wasn't going to be a thing, but that same cousin came back and forced my grandmother when she found out she was a diabetic to love vegetables just as much as she hated chocolate. <laughs> so it's one of those kind of you learn from what you were doing yeah. and it kind of passes off to somebody else and you know, like, this might be fucked up, but it's what they want. So give it to them, preferably with a smile. <laughs> <laughs> That's always better with a smile. But why, okay, so yeah, what um, got you, why brand yourself as an Amazon? Uh, because I am. <laughs> Uh, the whole thing. Well, what Let's makes make you something an Amazon? Really, really clear. Uh, I'm gonna make something very clear for everybody out there in listener land. These are my own statements. I did not read these off of a website somewhere. These were not dictated to me by some in the sky power over who is who. This is just personally how <laughs> I see it. Amazons can literally be any woman. That just means you have an Amazonian heart. You feel fervently about whatever it is you feel, especially when it comes to things like BDSM and domination and all the good things that fall in between. Now, when you say uh, Glamazon, that just usually means it's somebody who's taller or bigger or more mouthy, such as myself, not all things at the same time. But you just tend to do it with a little bit more makeup. <laughs> you're real pretty when you do it. I was going to say, you're a bit classier. Yeah. yeah, and giantess literally means you are tall. You go past a certain height. For me personally, if any woman is past five foot eleven, because Yay, right now me. if you go out, yeah, see there you go. If you go out to Vegas and they're looking <laughs> for showgirls, they're looking for a woman who can be at least six feet tall with a pair of five inch heels to be able to dance and negotiate her way across the stage. That requires mm-hmm. a certain amount of poise, a certain amount of talent, and I would like to think that at a minimum, that should be what a giantess is. You're saying that you want anybody can take a picture and blow it up to size and make the woman be like the 50-foot-tall woman who ate New York or some shit like that. But, like, to actually right. meet a woman who's in the scene in any way, shape, or form, who's over 5'11", the herd gets a little bit thinner. <laughs> it really, really does, because you go from a lot of girls like, I'm six foot tall in heels. I'm six ah. foot three, flat feet. <laughs> In my shortest uh, pair of heels, I'm, I'm going to be flappy. about six, eight. Yeah. So in my shortest pair of heels, I'm about six, five, six, six. But in my tallest pair of heels, I'm like right about seven, one, seven, two. Like I have to duck down like Slender Man coming through door frames. <laughs> Slender Man. Because <laughs> you have to understand, oh like I'm, I'm six, three, 289 pounds. Uh, and, and, and it takes a lot 
to get me looking like some of the other ladies with all the finery of things that suck you in and pull you tighter and make you straighter. And when I put myself against a door frame and I went past the door frame, my husband couldn't get a marker over my head because if we have no children, we do weird things like measure ourselves in different outfits. Uh, yeah, my tallest outfit, I was like right at seven two and almost in the ceiling of my house. That's so cool. Oh, that is just so cool. Well, okay, but okay, so we know that height doesn't really have anything to do, especially with with an Amazon. Amazon is more of a warrior spirit, something deep inside yeah. of you. Glamazon being, of course, someone who's a little bit flashier. Who, of course, she's a glam. Hello, you're going to be glamier. And that a giantess yeah. is someone who is then physically taller, and we're saying yes. for the sake of whatever, 5'11". For so, the sake of, like, common sense, like, most average, the average height of a man right now is about 5'9 in the United States. So I'm going to say, at a minimum, the lady should have at least two inches on him, not just that one inch to be like, ha-ha, I'm taller than you, but ha-ha, I'm looking past your eyeballs. Yeah. You want to be looking at the top of his head. Yes, if at all possible. That's when it comes down to sessions with me, when gentlemen come to me for giant tests, fetish especially, I automatically go for the intimidation. Like, I'll walk in with a pair of heels on, Mm -hmm. but as soon as I get up to you, because you're looking at me in those heels, you're like, oh, she's just taller because she's wearing heels, and I pop those bitches off, make myself comfortable, (laughs) and stand (laughs) face-to-face with you so you can understand just how much tinier you are than me and how this is going to (laughs) go. That's so good. Oh, man. Well, how do you – okay, but this – and this is is kind of playing into the whole body image thing and, and the plus-size body image because we have – now, growing up, okay, growing up for me was hell. I was in, as I'm sure you understand, in all my photos, like kindergarten class photo, I am a full head and shoulders above every other kid. So life was a living nightmare because you're obviously teased relentlessly. And I ended up hating it. And I ended up spending decades trying to make myself smaller. And it took me till I was much older till I finally went, no, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm done. I'm putting this down and I'm going to claim who I am and I'm going to stop trying to fit in. And it was so freeing to do that. How did you deal with that? How did you deal with all the negativity surrounding women being quote unquote big? I hate the B word, but big. Big and tall. I have no problem with the B word. I don't have a problem with the B word, the F word, the the PH word. Fill in all the other, you know, fat versus like fat, like you're fat, ha ha, you're fat, or you're PHA fat, like you're pretty hot, chicken fat. Um, I don't have a problem with any of those words. Describe. I'll tell you like my granddaddy say. Describe me in any way you want to. Just don't describe me as being late for a meal ever in my life. <laughs> and, it's, and it's really that exactly. simple. I got lucky. I went to high school in the inner cities of Cleveland, and my height in the beginning, just like you said, from like, I'm gonna say Head Start. <laughs> I was taller. Right. I've been taller yeah. than my mother since I was about six and a half years old. My mom right. came in at a whopping, like, five foot five. I have always been in the back row of every class photo I have ever taken. Thank you. Yes. 
Yeah, and in choir, I was always on the back row, even though I was alto yep. and a lady. I bet you they still let me sit stand with the guys right next to the tenors. Sure did. Yep. And and in the beginning, it bugged me, but I got really lucky because I wasn't the only tall girl in the family. Like I don't know if it was. Oh, in that the water is lucky. Year, I was. But... See, I was the only one. Yeah, that's lucky. Yeah. See, see, I was the biggest as far as heaviest, but tallest. I was nowhere near the tallest. Like, to this day, I'm still not near the tallest. I'm 6'3". I have a set of twin cousins that played uh, for the European Leagues of Women's Basketball, Vanessa and uh, Carla, and they both mm. came in at, like, right at 6'5 and 6'6". See, that's beautiful, and there's a lot of really, really taller women now, and I just – it's so marvelous to see it. I just uh, – Yeah, oh I'm God, starting I'm to so feel, like, somewhere between, like, 76 and 85 – my family just spit out a whole generational gap of tall females and extremely short men. Short, handsome, <laughs> stocky. Isn't that strange? But just short, like super, super short. <laughs> like I love my dad to death, but he's like 5'10", 5'9", after two rounds of chemotherapy for different types of cancer. But still, right. he wasn't just a tall guy. I've been taller than him since I was in middle school. <laughs> So I would say I got to six split somewhere between 10 and 11. And I've been six split. Well, you got there way faster than, than me. Wow. Yeah. I don't know uh, how you did it. My grandmother, my mom's mom, my granny, she hated it because it was every school year and halfway through the summer, it was going to be the got to get her new shoes got to get her new clothes because uh-huh. she doesn't fit stuff from last school year. She doesn't fit any of her summer clothes that we had to get her at the end of the school year. And now she's grown right. like another inch and a half. And that whole thing of growing pains, I genuinely felt that. Like I could feel myself growing at night. I would ache. <laughs> oh, so did I. I was sick and oh, the out. pain. Yeah. Oh. Like especially in like my legs and my shoulders. Yes. And yes. if you take my stats, like right me, right now, I have all. I know this is really messed up, but I had a client who came to me for a fetish boxing kind of deal, and he was like, cool. "If I told you I picked you because you have the same stats, but an extra inch and a half over Muhammad Ali." Epic. Pardon? Come again? He was like, "Yeah, you're like six foot three. He was like six one and a quarter, and he had like a sixty-two inch arm reach." And I was like. Damn, am I really? You are now officially the greatest because you topped him. (laughs) That's it. You're now the new greatest. Like, like, I can remember him saying, like, your legs are just so long and your torso is long. Usually when you have somebody that's my height, they'll have a very, I'm not saying a stumpy torso, but they'll have a shorter torso and they'll have like these long grasshopper legs. Right, right. Jesus and whoever else is looking over me, I came in proportions. Like my feet are the right size for my hands, are the right size for my legs and my abdomen. Exactly. um, uh, Yeah, being tall and being picked on, I was told by the tiniest grandmother ever who was like maybe five foot tall and never weighed more than 120 pounds soaking soft wet in her entire life that me mm-hmm. being tall was the best thing ever. And I was like, no, it's not. I can't buy dresses like all the other girls. You have to make all my clothes. I always have to wear mm-hmm. boys' pants. Oh, that was my least favorite thing. And um, she was like, 
but what would I do if I went to the grocery store and you weren't with me? How would I get cans off the top shelf? How would I get the clothes that I want without having to deal with the sales ladies at Macy's? You being tall is awesome. And the older I got and the more stuff I got into, the more I realized I could work my height. Like, I was an unpopular mm-hmm. kid when I was, like, in middle school. But by the time I made it to high school, I was almost halfway popular between playing football. Yeah, that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and constantly being that person that somebody was always, like, trying to pick a fight with that didn't want to fight back just because that's the way I was raised. So mm-hmm. for the longest time, I was known as, like, this gentle giant. Bitch. A gentle yeah, the same giant. Thing too. Yeah. It, as I get older, I'm like, what were you people seeing in me that I did not see in myself? Giant. <laughs> yeah, well, Clearly. we'll say a gentle giantess. <laughs> gentle giantess. I'm not that anymore. I tell you right now, you come to me for a soft touch, you have come to the wrong lady. <laughs> we will talk about more about that later on in this interview. The thing you have me is a been told. Consider yourself served. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us, okay, so how did Namio um, sorry, Harukawa have an effect on you, his art? Because he was very much into drawing very voluptuous women. Uh, yes. And that was, what happened was I have an uncle who is my father's baby brother. He's the youngest out of the boys. And he had come back from Vietnam. He was actually stationed in Laos, where uh, Namio is very popular. And uh, he brought back a bunch of postcards where apparently it is perfectly fine in Japan and Taiwan and Thailand to send half-naked ladies on postcards around the world. I didn't know that was a real thing. But he had like a tin box that looked like a, a military version of a lunchbox full of them. I mean, as soon as I popped the thing open, I found it in my grandparents' uh, attic when we were cleaning out after uh, one of our family members had passed away, and uh, mm-hmm. I was amazed. One, that's when I realized I liked girls, and then a couple of years later they sent me off to Catholic school, and I knew I liked girls. Uh, but right. those pictures were, one, hope for a future that, hey, I can be fat as I want to, because I was a chubby little fucker, um, and somebody would still <laughs> think I was cute. It was an over-sexualized mm-hmm. way for, like, a 12-year-old, 13-year-old to find something like that. But, like, seriously, we've all dipped into our parents' porn, found that VHS slash beta tape that was stuck between two mattresses up against the wall because mom and dad just <laughs> knew we weren't going to look there. Apparently, they did not realize how much we were willing to, as I like to say it, trash panda raccoon our way through their crap when they weren't home. I found all kinds of stuff. I found out my parents were into some very weird shit when I was younger. <laughs> and um, I'm just going to say see that, 1978 <laughs> Watermelon Woman. That's all I'm going to say. If it's on the internet, Watermelon Woman, I know it sounds super racist, but it was a thing. Oh, it oh is my hilarious. God. And, uh, like, when I found my uncle's stuff, much like when I found my parents' porn, it was like, ooh, what's this? I know I'm not supposed to be looking at this. Ooh, that lady is sitting on that man. That woman ain't got on no underwear. That man ain't got on no clothes. Why is he tied to the floor? Why is he tied to the wall? Why is there a bunch of women (laughs) sitting on a bunch of men like bar stools at what is clearly a diner? And I just, interest makes the heart grow fonder. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) 
But I automatically, right then and there, realized I could be chubby or later in my years just be what most people would consider as fat and and still be sexy, y'all. I don't know any other way to say it other than that. And it gave me hope. Much like when I met my mentor, Navia Okink, Lord, Jesus, girl, I don't know where you at, but have fun in the United States. She's touring somewhere. I think she's either in Dallas or in Portland. If you see her in Portland, tell her I said, hey. Uh, but when I first met her, she was a plus-size, mature dom. That gave mm-hmm. me hope that I could do this past 25. Right. Because when I first got into this in a lifestyle kind of way, when you would see the profile of people that were doing it, this industry, especially back in, like, the late 90s, early 2000s, would spit out girls by the handful. There was no internet mm-hmm. like that. Like, everybody and their mama didn't have a Twitter and their own personal website, and everybody didn't know how to use Wix. And I'm talking about girls would get chewed up and spit out. Like, you didn't, if you made it to 23 to 25, you've been in the game for a minute. That's why when you see some of the ladies like Ariana Chevalier or Sadie Hawkins mm-hmm. or Goddess Phoenix or any of them, and you're like, you can be not just kind of past 25, but actually past 25 not look like you're 100 years old because you've been doing everything in your mom to try to stay awake and pull sessions all day and all night because you're working somewhere mm-hmm. and do it well. And stuff like that really gave me hope. So, yeah, it started out with finding some naughty postcards in a rusted metal box <laughs> that came from a guy from Japan, and he made me feel better about my body. I literally just got finished doing a solo shoot with Dirk Hooper. Hey, Dirk. Um, and I, for the very first time, did photos in just my underwear. Now, and how did you feel about doing do it? it? Yeah. I, oh, man. After I saw my pictures, one, he is an awesome photographer and hella smart and funny. Uh, but, two, he knows angles, even when you don't know any, because I will tell somebody real quick, mm-hmm. I'm not meant for pictures. Unless you catch me in the middle of doing something really cool, my face doesn't know where it needs to be, my eyes are always almost half shut. It's just mm-hmm. how I look. <laughs> But the pictures that he took of me made me feel so good, not just about, That's like, awesome. what I was doing. Yeah, but, like, I look pretty fucking kick-ass. If I was a dude, I'd totally pay me to come kick my ass. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, of course you would. <laughs> I know it sounds really weird and kind of stupid, but I kind of put that up against when people Google themselves to see my own photos for the first time done 100% by a professional, well-known photographer, oh, mm-hmm. I almost cried. And to be and to be doing it in my underoos, I was super proud of myself. I didn't try to suck in my gut. I didn't try to cover my belly. He told me the same mm-hmm. thing. Your clients already like you. This is just icing on the cake. Give them what they already know they're going to get. And, you're and, gonna I, get and I agree with him on that kids. because it's like, it's like sitting there saying, okay, well, if you're trying to suck it in and you're trying to look like something that you aren't, you can't carry that off that for is. a session anyways. So don't yeah, put yourself out there. there. I mean, it's not it. like people know you're fat. Hello, duh. Like, yeah. <laughs> they're not stupid. And so who yeah, cares? I, don't get me wrong. I do just like all the other ladies. I wear my Spanx underneath my nice leggings to make everything look well, nice because and smooth. That's because nice. I'm in a, that's I'm in clothes. When I am naked or damn near naked, you're going to catch what I look like naked. And I'm not trying to Kardashians my body up with fucking makeup and shit to be like, hey, 
look at this illusion. Don't touch nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Don't cry. Don't move. Don't blink. Don't touch my hair. And don't tell somebody in have any emotion because your face is too frozen to make any emotion. I got my, I will admit, I got my makeup done because I told my, which I told the photographer, what do you think, should I do my pictures with or without makeup, or as I would usually do my makeup, and he was like, just go get your makeup done just for yourself, and it'll p- probably pick up better on photography. He didn't try to force that issue down my throat, mm-hmm. so you know me. I'm the queen of let's be doing something on a discount, so I went to Alta Beauty, spoke to a very nice lady who did an awesome job of my makeup. And I was so proud of myself for not only taking a picture in my underwear, doing an actual, like, I'm being a dominatrix in what I'm wearing with implements, because this is what I would wear during a session. I have worn that Mm -hmm. or something very close to it in a session, but it actually looked like me. It felt like it looked like me. It didn't feel like I was looking at, like, a way better version of myself. Right. And for that, it I'm felt more natural. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I'm going to tell you right now, I met uh, a couple of porn stars, uh, some guys. I'm not going to say where they're from because we're not going to be that kind of mean. But I have seen their porn. I enjoyed it. And then I met them in person. And much like going to a Mary J. Blige concert, I felt like I was being let down. Whoever was doing your mm-hmm. videos was taking you from the very best angles at all times. We weren't covering sides of your face. Because this one guy literally had, like, someone had grilled the side of his face. And I was oh, like, Lord. that's not what you look like on your pictures. Somebody is seriously photo editing the hell out, like, Beyonce with the steps with his face, though. <laughs> yes, with the steps. Yeah, you're right. Got to have side gaps. Oh, you know that. perfect eyes, especially when you, like, have crooked steps just in between your legs. You always have the best eyes. <laughs> Such a good photo. <sighs> oh, that was epic. Jesus. So, we okay, so bad <laughs> attention skills. Somebody was not paying attention to the birdie. Uh, if <laughs> someone, so if someone who is in the vanilla world and they're listening to this, and they would say, okay, what type of person would come to see a giantess? What sort of, what do they want done to them? Usually well, in a session. see, that's the whole thing. Giantess covers basically everything that any other size woman would be able to cover, or any other size dom for that matter, because mm-hmm. it's going to end up being, I want that, I just want you to be super tall and big while you're doing it. Okay. That's really all Giantess so, comes down to. You have some gentlemen that come to you for the Giantess of, like, they're creeping more towards the, like, vor side of it they want to be eaten they want to be mm-hmm. manipulated and played with and then squished and then it usually ends up in being eaten don't get me wrong i've done more than my fair share of custom videos hey y'all for gentlemen who like things like i go to cons such as and i dress up as comic book characters and go to cons and they usually sell cool. these tiny little lego people <laughs> and i have a little bucket full of them in the back of my house and when I do photo sets of, like, stepping on and crushing tiny Lego men, my houseboy right. can edit the little green Lego men out and pop in smaller dimensional versions of actual people from pictures and right. make it look like basically I'm Godzilla destroying all of downtown Tokyo. Right. Which I actually do have a photo set of that from when I first started out. That was what got me into Giant Tess. I had a gentleman from Korea who was – 
African American and Korean, and he lived in Korea, and he was an IT guy, and he was like, you would make a killing here because there are no African American women here, there are no African women here, there are no brown people here, basically, that don't work for the military or the government, and um, there's no big people here. If you look at my dashboard and my stats for Twitter right now, more than 60% of the accounts that follow me are from Asia or Asian oh, countries. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really big in Asia. Reason. Really I mean, there's a reason. It seems to me that most people want things that they can't have. Duh. We always yeah. want. We covet things we cannot get. So it just stands to reason that you're <laughs> going to get that. Like, hello? That just makes sense. But how does, like, how because since we're heading in that direction anyways, how does like the adult baby community come into this or nerds come into this? Okay. For my adult babies, I love you. Mama misses you. Um, It comes in that whole deal of, if you've ever gone online and looked up hentai art, there is a specific Mm -hmm. category called giant moms or giant mommies. And literally it is when you can find a woman that in your comparative size could be big enough for you to be inside of certain age ranges. Usually it ends up for me being gentlemen that are five foot six and less, usually between five foot six. And I know this sounds really funny. I do have an actual little person. He is four foot five and a bodybuilder. Cool. So there's that. Yeah. (laughs) He so for them, the giantest aspect of it of, is yeah, it that it makes it more real for them because put him on my hip. Yeah, yeah I can okay. put a grown man on my hip and feed him a bottle and he not feel like he's going to crush the woman that he really wants this from. I know I went, this right. has nothing to do with adult babies, but I could tell that this gentleman was having just way more fun than a regular adult would. Uh, myself and Navia went to a Crimson Moon spanking party, uh, their summer party, in uh, mm-hmm. uh, where was that? Somewhere in Illinois. But either way, when we were in there, at the end of one of the events inside of the main event, uh, a gentleman was like, "Oh, you're really, really tall. You're so tall." And I was like, "I get that a lot." And he was like, "I would never ask you to, but do you think you could pick someone my size up?" And without saying a word, I literally just grabbed him by the butt and picked him up. You asking me if I could pick you up is basically the same thing as you saying, like, pick me up. So I picked him up. Right. And this smile, just like a kid you just dropped in front of Epcot Center in the 80s, just came across his face. You want to do something really fun? I was like, wrap your legs around me. Now let go. And I held him up by the bottom of Mm -hmm. his back and underneath his butt like an actual baby. And he just swung around. And I swung him in circles. I walked him all the way around a which called a uh, uh, ballroom that they were having the event inside mm-hmm. of. And his partner was like, you have no idea what you have started. I am not going to hear the end of this all night. And then I get a little note slipped under my door in the morning that's basically like, he's an ABDL. And um, you made his entire night. Thank you so much. Like I said, he didn't shut up. <laughs> That's so cool, though. I love hearing that. That's so sweet because it's such a simple thing. Because people don't understand, like, one of my own personal fetishes is, like, retro 50s household. Like, dad can be at the house with his 
nice pinstripe gabardine pants on this nice buttoned-up shirt, and he can fix me a cocktail mm-hmm. when I get home from work, and I'll still be dressed like Betty Crocker when I do. I always mm-hmm. had this thing yeah. for Doris Day and Patty Duke, and I just right. love those. I love those dresses, that A-line cupcake-style yes. dress. Like, let's go mm-hmm. to a tea party or let's go to a Tupperware sale or something like that. The one with all the crinolines underneath. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And when the I The more do, crinolines, the better. Yes, and whenever I do adult baby play, that's usually my standard dress. And I'm like, bring on the wooden spoons. I'm going to pick you up. And I do have two clients that have their own full size, which basically is a queen bed been converted mm-hmm. into a gigantic playpen, and I can pick them mm-hmm. up, pull up the thing while holding them, and put them in the bed. And I have one client who's like, I've never been with a dom who could do that. I doubt very highly if I ever would have been able to find a dom that was like an average size dom, unless she was like one of the muscle babes who would just like pick me up, put me over her shoulder, but not pick me up like you would actually pick up a baby. Yeah, yeah, and I yeah. get a lot of... I get a lot of ret- return clients off of that, and I get so many new clients off of that because I did not realize about things like Reddit and uh, F-List and, and places like that where these people congregate beyond set like mm-hmm. beyond collar space, and it's like a completely right. different bucket of chicken, and they talk. And when they talk, your name ends up being in someone's mouth, and they're like, oh, my God, I had a session with this one dominatrix, and she actually picked me up and put me in bed, and then – shoved a bottle in my mouth and told me if I got up or if I wet myself, she's going to spank the hell out of me in a wet diaper. Sure will. And now I have 15 inboxes later that are like, hey, I heard you can actually pick people up and put them in bed. (laughs) That is just so cool. I just, it's so cool. So, okay, so when we get into, like, because I know people were wondering about this, and I know that this has been something that has been growing over the past few years, and that is gaming and BDSM. And there's yes. some people, it, can, can you not game and dominate at the same time? Oh, hell yeah, because I'm really good at fucking games. <laughs> well, for me, when I say gaming, like, I... Uh, let's say how would you say this? I actually got turned on to it by a young lady by the name of Morgan Chase. I don't know if you're listening, Morgan, but if you are, I love oh, your Morgan, face. Yes. You. yes. Uh, she invited me because she's also on uh, the PlayStation Network. She was like, "Hey, I see on here it says that you game. What platform are you on?" I was like, "PlayStation." So she was like, "Hey, here, add me." And I was like, "Okay." I was starting to think it was like me and two other doms that I knew that were even on any network. Because most of the ladies mm. won't admit that they do, like, you know, normal shit. <laughs> right, uh, yeah, exactly. So she was like, you, you, you should totally get on here. There are guys who really, like, get off on the fact that, like, some of us game. Like, actual gamers. Like, I'm five seconds away from starting a damn Twitch channel now. For dumbass <laughs> games that I like playing, but still. Like, people right. like watching the content. It's another way for me to have my face seen. It's another way for my fans and my clients to be able to interact with me. So mm-hmm. why not? And uh, when she was saying there are guys on here, I already knew that there were nerds and gamers who happened to also be in the BDSM. I did not know that there are gamers who didn't know shit about BDSM until Dom started getting on the network, male and female. Because oh. when you have a gamer title, 
when you have a gamer handle like just say red, it means one of two things. You're getting a spanking or you're getting a spanking in this game. <laughs> Me, myself, and I at our house, we do basically all the multiplayer online play games for Resident Evil. So right. melee games, I will I will blow your fucking head off. That's all I'm going to tell you. I will pull out what I like to call the big fucking titties, the ground, the air, rocket launcher, and I'll blow your head off. I'll blow up your whole damn base. Screw trying to catch my flag. I'm just going to blow you to bitch like Alderaan shots all over the place. And uh, I had one boy who messaged me who I had never met in a game, and he was like, I just wanted to tribute. So he sent me a $10 gift card for the PlayStation. So he asked me if I would be willing to play a game with him in dual player mode. And I was like, sure, I would have played that game anyway. And he got the chance and fun to enjoy me on something that he enjoys. He might not be into all the whips and chains and picking motherfuckers up and that kind of deal. What if he just right. kind of kinky and really has like a fanboy crush on you, which is what another good majority of people who follow me are. And he just like wants to interact with you, but being hung from an Andrew's cross really isn't his deal. Stop it. Um, <laughs> yeah, things are beeping at you. Things are beeping at me, too, like, randomly. Uh, but, yeah, he was like, I don't think I ever would have taken a session or got to be able to afford a session with you, also in these economic times that we are in. Mm-hmm. Cater to your crowd. So when he to- – oh, I am so angry at you right now. So when he told me that – he would be so excited if he could do it again. I was like, why not? I've gotten yeah. two clients that have been with me for almost a year and a half, two years now, off of somebody didn't want to cater to their fetish because their fetish was the weird fetish. One of those people wanted to be spanked while dressed up like Bilbo Baggins. What's wrong with well, that? Wanted to be, well, he wanted to be dressed up like Bilbo one session, and when he came back actually and had the session with me instead of just sending off something uh, mm-hmm. in an email, he wanted to be Frodo. He had <laughs> a whole well-done, well-sewn, I don't know if he did it himself or if he wow. got it from somewhere. I'm about to be really upset. Uh, but it was beautiful as far as cosplay is concerned. And since I do that, like, I look I was going to say, and he brought his, some of yeah, those and cosplay, he brought his own steam. Some yes. of those cosplay outfits cosplay. are just unbelievably beautiful. The work that goes yes, into because them is just unreal. It's at the same quality that you would see for if you had actually had like theatrical makeup, hair, costume mm-hmm. done. And he was serious. And he naturally had furry toes. Which for me was not a big deal. But for her, when he made the request and said he wanted to be Bilbo and then decided he wanted to be Frodo and he just wanted to do something that had to do with Lord of the Rings, and she was like, no. Ew. I don't, how I is that in but this any is the same way? woman who I know for, and once again, I'm not going to say names, but this is somebody that I know that for $1,200, she will take a shit on your face once a month, every month. But she won't let so you dress up as Frodo? You, yeah, so I'm like, she couldn't deal with him as Frodo, but she would totally be willing to take a dump on him. You go right on ahead, hun, and think that the same people who got me through middle school and high school and us being like the outsiders and like the leftover nerds and the leftover geeks and stuff like that, you just walk away from that money because I will walk myself into that niche market. I'm going to say something that I believe somebody should have said a long time ago. Please don't shoot me for it. Go for it. 
pro-doms as we know them right now in five years are going to be obsolete, except for the very top of the very top, and that's because they have the kind of men and women and whoever is paying their bills to keep them going. Right. All of these extra unnecessary spin doms that are like 1920 with their PayPal accounts mm-hmm. and they don't understand what companies are cool with sex workers, what companies aren't, mm-hmm. they're basically going to be filtered out by a process of elimination. Well, I think, and I think really part of that is also, I was just going to say, because of the internet, because of the way the economy crashed in 2008, combine that with the fact that um, BDSM has been pretty much spilling over into mainstream media, all these women have like gone into this field and think that, you know, hey, throw up a website and men are just going to come and throw me money. Once that mystique is gone, yeah, once they realize you have to work, they're gone. Yeah. And between that and, like, uh, who was that? I can't remember. I feel so bad now. I have so many names that tumble through my head when I think about things I've read on Twitter. But there was one down in particular who wrote, like, if you're going to think that you're able to make a name off of basically copy and pasting somebody else's life and then slapping your face on it, that's not going to work. Mm-mm. If you think you have to be me you, personally, if you think, yeah, you have to be you. Now I'm going to say yeah. this right now. I know that right now there is a chick who I don't know if she's still in Portland, Oregon, but for about almost three, four months there, she was living as me. When I had what? my blog on uh, Blogspot when I first started out, before I was able to afford and get my website up and running, right? Uh, yeah, she copied every picture I had. She copied my bio. She was a plus size black woman, but she wasn't me. Uh, and she basically was like, hey, handing out ass whooping, $75 after, which called afternoon delight specials. And I'm like, whoa, because I decided to be very petty with myself and Google myself. And the first thing that popped up was Backpage and her advertising. Now that there isn't any more Backpage, Eros is kind of a scary place to go to, Dickie Virgin charges in pounds, whatever. A lot of people mm-hmm. are going to have to go back to left and right using your brain instead of your body, and Mm -hmm. figuring out how to do this shit the old-fashioned way. I'm happy that I got to start humble because nobody knew who I was. I didn't have a name. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a face. I literally had my clusterfucker clients who knew who I was because of seeing me at the local dungeon, meeting me online in, like, old-school chat servers and shit like that. Yeah, and that's kind of what we're going to go back to. If you're not, like you said, a lot of people aren't willing to do the actual work. Mm-mm. And if you're not willing to do the actual work online where it's the fucking easiest, you ain't going to make it in real life. I can tell you right now. Well, especially with Findom. More so yeah, with Findom than anything else. There are some ladies out it's there done. who make their money. They make it in a legitimate way, and they're damn good at what they do. But like mm-hmm. one little girl said but on there's Twitter, not a lot. like, I'm 21. Don't expect me to know what a 30 to a 50-year-old dominatrix is going to know. I want you to give me $25. That was the end of her quote. What? Kind of fucked up the way she said it, but it had truth that rung true inside of it. You don't know nothing yet. How can you exactly. tell someone that you can properly blackmail them? That's why that little girl is in the process of getting damn near stuck in jail now because she thought he was playing. He was dead serious because he has a wife and a kid. You're playing grown-up games and only have, like, X amount of knowledge to do it with. 
When you mm-hmm. don't know what you're doing, you're bound to fuck up. That's a given. That's true. If and there's a lot time, of psychology. There's a lot of psychology yeah. involved. There's a lot of safety involved. I'm seeing stuff on Twitter that, I, like, I am literally going, oh, my God, because they're overbeating. They don't know what they're doing. They've never been properly trained. It's just, well, I saw my friend do this, or I saw it on Vice. Or I saw it on HuffPo, oh my God. so therefore I can do, do it. <laughs> do you not understand that women like Michelle Lacey and them, they've been doing this long enough. That is not something, like she said, that was just pulled off overnight. Like, I'm going to go kidnap a boy. You cannot pull mm-hmm. that shit together in a day. And if you can, somebody's going to get hurt or arrested. I promise you a dollar. Yep. But when you are taking thought and account into Who's going to be inside the scenario? How many people do I need? When you're looking at all the bullet points, not just the synopsis of what the plan is, that's when you really start doing your work. If you aren't willing to make your bones the old-fashioned way with actual hands-on work, I have nothing against cam doms because that has become its own industry by itself. But when you try to do that back-and-forth flip-flop or you can't figure Mm -hmm. out what it is that you want to do, that's when things start going wrong. That's when you start getting these weird, angry competitions between women, especially on Twitter. Because I remember a day and age when, like, I'm not trying to say I haven't, but you didn't badmouth someone in public. Now it's gotten kind of mm-hmm. cutthroat. Yeah. It's just like, bitch, you ain't going to take my money. She did this, 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 mm-hmm. this, this, this. Okay. So that's what <laughs> I tell the girls, especially. Uh, I was in a little kick group. I'm sure everybody out there in Radio Land knows what the hell kick is by now. But I had a friend who invited me to a kick group, and in that invite, after I made my profile, someone else's group that was an all-Ebony uh, Fendom group invited me. And I just said, yeah, okay, I'll go. After I read the little synopsis of their little group and everything like that, I said hello to all the ladies, and they were all very polite. But the first time a guy walked in the room, it was over. He didn't get five seconds there to say hello to anyone. He didn't get two seconds to announce himself. It was literally, you'd ask these, me- these uh, questions that we have on this random little flyer that we made that we stick on here as a picture. Uh, you need to do it within like two to five minutes, and if you don't say that you're willing to send us $50, we're going to boot you from the room. Oh, my God. Where's the psychology in that? Right. Where's the, Where's the figure seduction? out what it is that makes him tick and the things like, me, myself, personally, when I indulge in thin down, the first thing I go for is I'm fat and you can't fucking afford me. You can't even get my time of day. You'll never make it with one of these pretty bitches. I get inside of your head and make you feel like you have to earn me even though you don't think that I'm the prize piglet. I'm going to mind fuck you, boy, and you're going to give me your fucking <laughs> money, and I'm going to give that money to my PlayStation Network because I need PlayStation Plus for the next three years. <laughs> I had a guy who came oh to me God. and he was like, Oh, so you thin dom? And I was like, Yes, I do. And he was like, Don't you think you're a little fat for that to be asking somebody for money? Don't you think you're a little oh, poor no. to be asking a fat chick for freebies? Uh, if you can't afford me, you ain't never going to be able to afford a pretty bitch. You fucked. <laughs> and then it automatically goes from that to, I haven't even seen your dick, but I'm fairly sure that's the next picture you want to send me. So go ahead and send your dick pic now because I'm going to put little googly eyes and a top hat and shit on it, and I'm going to send it across the entire fucking internet with your screen name, and you're going to have to change your whole persona in life. 
make a new Twitter account, just everything. I'm not going to destroy you financially, but I am going to have a good time fucking you up mentally. And then they cave like, could you please stop? I had a boy that I found on a dumbass little app that used to, uh, I don't even know if it still exists, called Moco Space. I've had him Uh for 13 years (laughs) on the same blackmail. You keep sending me pictures of you doing goofy shit. I'm going to keep saving them. And then I'm going to tell you a couple things about your life. You're going to say, I need to run. I'm going to let you run. You're going to come back, and then I'm going to make you pay me twice as much to get rid of the shit that I've already posted. <laughs> Think smarter, not oh harder. Oh, my God. So you can keep being oh sexy with all of God. your Snapchat filters and halos on your head and cute little bunny noses and shit with plain regular bitches like me just sitting back like, send your money or don't send your money. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Oh, man, I can't. This is too freaking I'm a horrible human. I can't help myself. I'll keep doing it until somebody tells me to stop, and then probably ain't going to stop then either. I was going to say, if someone tells you to stop, you're going to tell them to go fuck themselves anyways, right? I hope. And see, that's the whole thing. That's where that whole part we were talking about psychology comes into it. And a woman's intuition is a big fucking chunk of that. I don't know about you, yeah. but I've dated a man before who had money and did not want to share said money with me because he was on that whole tip of like, I earn mine, go own yours because you're an independent uh-huh. woman. La, la, la. That's <laughs> awesome. I am an independent woman, but I'm an independent woman who likes a lot of shoes. I have size 13 feet. Those shoes aren't going to be inexpensive, but I like nice, well-made shoes so I don't go buckling my fucking ankle like somebody running from a fucking Cenobite and Hellraiser. No, I want well-put-together players here. I want Fredges of Hollywood. I want nice-ass boots that don't come out of the bargain bin. So either you're going to step up your game with the plain shit, or you can try real hard to hustle your ass off and try to get one of these pretty bitches who's literally going to have you in a cavalcade of dudes who are sending it $25 at a time wishing, wishing that you could. (laughs) Or you could slow your roll, start with something simple, I work you up to the point that you might be able to gravitate to one of them chicks and not just send you on off because eventually you're going to come back when you realize she don't fill in the blank spots that I did. I literally do that. I send them to like, oh, she's beautiful. She's gorgeous. She's asking for like $1,000 because she wants like a down payment on an Air Maze purse. Go right out ahead. Now, when she laughs, you the fuck up out of her DMs. <laughs> And you're like, oh, my God, no, you don't even have a six-pack. I need somebody with a tan and a Lambo. Why would you even message me? I'm in Hollywood or Los Angeles or somewhere shiny where you aren't. No. Not even on a good day, no. Mr. Blackrock is cracking me up in Twitter because he is sending these gifts, and they're freaking hysterical in response to everything he's saying. It's so good. Okay. Black Rod is my absolute turner out of all boys sissy, and he is very, very good at it. I just got him to out a girl a couple hours before we started the show. Because <laughs> somebody in New Jersey is like, I like being pretty for you. Yes, ladies. You don't have to be the dime piece. You don't have to be the Beyonce's. You don't have to be covered in leather and latex to make this shit work. Find out what works for you, and then find people who want to work with that. Oh, my God, Preach. Seriously. (laughs) Listen to what she just fucking.
fucking said, ladies. Seriously. I'm not going to say this again. When you guys call these people, people you need to be you. You. Find something within you that resonates. Real fast. And you regret it and you resent it. And then eventually you end up, like I said, getting chewed up and spit out. You're tired by 25. You're tired of getting up at the ass crack of dawn, putting on makeup so that even if you're not having a session, even if you're not really going anywhere except for to the grocery store, God forbid somebody see you without a full face of makeup, pristinely placed hair, I will go to the store with a Pickle Rick T-shirt and a pair of I'm going hunting sweatpants. Sure will. And people here know who I am and what I do. They know me on FetLife. They know me through my website. I'm not getting extra pretty for you unless you're fucking paying me. Isn't that the point? (laughs) It's the point. And if you go to my website, you can see that I basically serve up myself as a list of add-ons. I have badass shoes. I mean, badass shoes, boots, all that good shit. Am I going to wear that shit during a session? Yes, for the entire session, not unless you're paying me. Because what you paid for was an initial, oh, my God, she's going to do horrible things with my body. What you're going to get is the experience that you wanted, a decent price point where you can come back again. Because if I have to have one more poor college student who one day might go out to become the Elon Musk of the world, but right now is flipping burgers at Burger King, and a bitch tells mm-hmm. him, um, I need a $250 deposit before I even think about coming to where you are. And after that, you're not absolutely sure that you're going to get your money's worth or your money at all. Right. Then what do you do? You turn someone off from the life. You've made a bad point in your community. And Lord knows if I have to see one more guy who writes inside of his set life or his collar space, I'm looking for this, 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 and this. Uh, don't talk to this girl, this girl, this girl, this woman, this lady. They're all a bunch of fakes, and they steal. When the hell did that become a thing? Literally, girls are walking around talking about you stealing me and getting before I talk to you, and then yes, and then block them out of every fucking way they could possibly get in contact with them via uh, social media. I was like, bitches, it's robbing people now. How bad? Yeah. Are we like two seconds away from coming? Uh, we're like two seconds away from being like during World War II Germany. Life is literally about to oh, be yeah. a cabaret and very, very sad. Uh-huh. <laughs> Girl, I'm telling oh, you, yeah. Amazon, Inanna, and Kink Cat are having a blast on here, too. These guys are cracking me up. You're, you're going to. What's going on, They are cracking me up here. Inanna. Those are my girls. Inanna. That's my Texas crew right there. Texas Honey <laughs> Crew. I'm going to come down and see oh, y'all because i got to drive to Dallas in the fucking morning. Oh. <laughs> right. I am forever in I my think car. We need... Everybody's like, oh, you do all this awesomeness. What kind of car you got? I have a 2005 Ford Focus wagon. It is the mom mobile. Who gives a shit it, if it drives? mom mobile. Oh, my God. Yeah. I have driven this thing all across the United States. And it's been with me, and it's going to be with me until I knock the wheels off of this son of a bitch. It has well over 300,000 miles on it. Could I afford something nicer? Yeah. Do I rather have a house than have me a car? Fuck yeah. So I'm going to save my <laughs> money for a house that I can live inside of versus a car that I can drive. Yay. <laughs> on top of that, you guys, don't get caught up in this crap. And this, this is for you youngins. 
Um, don't get caught up in labels. First of all, I just want you guys to know that when you buy, because I went through all this, I've done all this, okay, been there, done that, bought the T-shirt. When you're buying a Louis Vuitton, you're actually buying canvas. It's not even real leather. The only thing leather on a Louis Vuitton bag is the handles, okay? So you're actually paying for the logo. So just save your damn money, seriously. Don't get into this designer crap. Because it does, it's, it's not, not going to make you happy. It's not going to make you happy. Just don't get. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, to use your head. Just don't get stuck up on labels. Like, yes. Can I tell you about how many men care what kind of fucking purse you carry? None. Do you know how many of those gentlemen are the ones that are paying your bills? All of them. So maybe you might want to invest in yourself. Don't get me wrong. All nice things are nice. They said it on Bob's Burgers. It stands true to heart. But you have to understand. You know what else is nice? Fucking health care, fucking insurance, mm-hmm. a roof over your head that's paid for. Paying Don't bills. live a yep. life that's so motherfucking luxurious that if somebody stopped paying you tomorrow, that life disappears within 30 days. That's not a because life. That'll happen. That's a rental. Yep, that'll happen. I'm not speaking on anybody be in particular, gone but tomorrow. if you can tell me you're living a life of Prada bags, Louboutin shoes, Louis V purses, you have a badass Lexus. You got a shiny, nice-ass fucking house. But guess what? If somebody knocked that flogger out your hand tomorrow, you fall and break your wrist. Yep. It's been icy outside, y'all. You slip and you hurt yourself. God forbid you get something as heavy as cancer or you have a mm-hmm. heart attack or somebody in your family passes away or somebody else in your family gets sick and you literally have to stop everything you're doing to help maintain them. Are you still going to be able to live the way you was used to living, or are you going to be like Lionel Rich's ex-wife sticking your hand out thinking like, I need $20,000 more for Botox versus eating? I live a very to-the-bone kind of life because that's how I was raised. I have lived with nothing, and I have been to country clubs. It's the same fucking life, y'all, just two different yep. price points. Yep. Same if people. I can tell somebody, and this is, and I got chewed out on, on Twitter and Facebook for posting this because it was the, uh, you know, a couple of years ago they had the hashtag tell your truth. My truth Baby. was I can remember graduating from college with my bachelor's degree and being homeless three weeks later, literally living in my car down by a river like fucking Chris Farley. There's nothing cool about that shit, but shit happened. Mm-mm. And to which one little young-ass dom, and I'm not going to say super young, but she was definitely not 30 yet, I would never admit to a client or another professional that anything like that had ever happened. Then you officially the second fakest bitch I've met since I've been online. Exactly. If you're telling me you've been through no turmoil and you're trying to derp dominate somebody else and tell them how to do their shit, and I just felt like the bile backing up in the back of my throat. I was like, let me calm my ass down before I give myself a fucking stroke with all this high blood pressure you're giving me right now. Like I had a damn Medea moment online. I try, if anybody ever goes through my Twitter history, you'll see that I only have flare-ups ever so often. I think my last major flare-up was for a young lady that I didn't even know who a guy was like talking about her like she was a piece of meat and not just a piece of meat, a piece of rancid meat that he had made a bad investment on. He more or less said, you sent me this girl to do a video and she's fucking fat, and the video isn't selling. I feel like I need my money back. To which I mm-hmm. answered, random, no known, no name producer says, and I quote with a screen cap of what he wrote, 
my answer to him in rebuttal is, how sad and pathetic are you that you can't make your money on your own? You need other people to help you make it, and then you pitch a bitch about them. You must have started at McDonald's. He blocked me instantly. <laughs> Look, if, if, if they can't have to – see, people do that with me too. If people can't handle the truth, then don't, don't come knocking. People get pissed don't off at me. It's like, you if you can't want. handle the truth, don't ask me then. Because I'm not sugarcoating shit. I'm too old for that shit. I'm too old to blow smoke up your fucking ass. It's not going to happen. Yeah, I've officially, so. I've officially <laughs> turned into my mom. Like, I used to give a fuck long, long, long time ago. Long many, time ago. Yeah, exactly. Ago. And then right ago. about 35, I was like, you know what? Since nobody else is paying my bills with me, Nobody else is loving me and making sure I have things like health care and a roof over my head, except for my husband and my houseboy and his fiance. All the rest of y'all can go suck a bag of baby dicks. And I really don't give a fuck, fly fuck what the hell you think about me. You're not doing things that inspire or make my life better. So that go. sounds like extra baggage. And what do I do when I'm at the airport and I have too much crap in my bag? Some shit got to go into the carry-on. And then eventually it gets left at whatever hotel I stay at because I'm fucking <laughs> So if you don't want to be left at the hotel. Yeah, just don't say stupid shit don't do stay it. inside the bag with the rest of the carry-on things. Don't be overweighting exactly. me down with your stupidity. I don't need more stupid. My favorite thing, I don't know, I'm fairly sure he's not listening, but one of my favorite people on the planet is a guy on YouTube. His name is Philip DeFranco. I love oh, him. Oh, Philip, he yes, he is wonderful. Him. I love Philip. He's like YouTube version of like more toned down John Oliver. He gives you stories straight. If he fucks up something, mm-hmm. he apologizes for it, tells you where he fucked up, his staff fucked up, how they're going to make it better. None of this, like, oops, our bad. <laughs> Wrong graphic on the screen at the time. Yeah. He always puts out there the best fucking graphic tease. And one of them is, it's my favorite. It says, don't be stupid, stupid. I own three of those shirts. I handed them to random people that I knew, and I was like, just stand next to somebody doing something stupid and just point to them and take a stand on a street corner and start handing them out. Yes. That should be the new religion. Don't be stupid, stupid. Uh, Stay (laughs) humble. Hustle hard. That kind of shit. Stuff that really does actually motivate your day. Or his pair of shoes that I actually bought a pair for my husband that says, just have a great fucking day. Exactly. (laughs) <laughs> have a great fucking day. I'm very simple like that. Have a great You have a you have a message in the chat room. Oh, Matthias Lacey says hi. That's okay. Who? Matthias Lacey says hi. Oh, well, hello. Matthias Lacey. <laughs> hello, Madam Mia Dark is what he says. Well, hello, Matthias Lacey. How are you doing this evening? That's my that's my favorite impersonation of a bougie sounding voice. You're too very good bougie. I, I I'm liking the bougie. <laughs> <laughs> it works. So what are we gonna talk about next and shake the fuck out of the internet? Oh, we're gonna talk about <laughs> we're gonna we're Somebody gonna go deep. It's time to go deep. Are oh, you guys God, ready? Here we go. Everybody, everybody who was on Twitter having a moment earlier. Come on and listen in, because this is the part you were really Come waiting for. You didn't get a fuck about the plus size stuff. You didn't get a fuck about giant tests. What you really want to hear about is race relations. Race Welcome to 2018, play, baby. we're still talking about the same shit, different day, new toilet paper. Yeah, come on, bring it. Yep. This is going to be fun. 
<laughs> okay. Let's get into this because it has become more volatile, obviously, not even just in general in in the world. Okay, let's pull back. We'll even pull back from that. Yes, generally in the world, I'm sorry, but racism is worse than it ever has been as far as I'm concerned. So, at the funniest part point, is people think at some point in time it got better. <laughs> I, exactly. This is what's it's hysterical. It's like, "Oh, what do you mean? You mean there was ra- I thought there was no racism. That's coming from someone who's white, guaranteed." Um, of course. Yeah, no shit. But there is this whole, and, and I have even polled some of my beautiful ladies of color and asked them these same questions, which is, in the case of racial humiliation, when someone is coming to be racially humiliated, is that racism? And how do you deal yes. with that? I get paid for it. Period. That's it. That's the question. When you go into Walmart, does Walmart accept or not accept you because you might be racist on the inside? Or does Walmart gladly accept your money because you were willing to pay for your steak on time at time of purchase? Because you were willing to pay for your steak on time at time of purchase. I'm the same fucking way. You want to come to me because you want this big, angry black lady to make you feel small and inferior and usually with me, your Caucasianness. Uh, whatever other race that I usually don't end up dealing with, just to make this sound super PC for everybody out there in Radio Land, I'm going to tell you right now, most white guys come to me for that big black lady complex. It's white guilt. I'm like this. I didn't get reparations. It's 2018. I've been on the planet for almost Mm -hmm. 40 fucking years. I don't see myself getting anything anytime soon, so guess what? I got to go out there and get it for myself. I learned that shit when I was in college. I had a college professor for my first and second economics classes. He was my professor. I was his understudy or whatever the fuck, study buddy thingy. I worked in his office and graded papers and shit. But uh, he had tons of white guilt because he was from Louisiana. His people mm-hmm. were from plantation people. And he knew at some point in time, maybe not my own personal lineage, but some people who looked like him and were related to him probably owned some people who looked like and might have been related to me. That made him feel bad. Did I thrive off of that shit? No. Did he constantly push the point of it? Yup. Was I going to say no to a fucking brand new Volvo? Hell no. So if one more person asked me, oh, do you indulge in race play? Yes, I do. I also had a friend when I lived in Memphis who was black, who was into race play. She liked it a lot, but only under certain circumstances. It's kind of like that consensual consent. Mm -hmm. It's actually exactly like consensual consent. If I am telling you I'm willing to be down with whatever your particular role play is, that's the same thing as me saying, no, I'm not going to deal with you fuzzy hand, fuzzy footed man wanting to be spanked with your sting. No, I'm not going to deal with you, Mr. White Man, because you're full of white guilt. You want me to make you feel bad for a couple hours so you don't have to feel really bad for a couple of weeks. You're using me as an avenue to not feel as bad about yourself because you, as I, I know this sounds really bad, Catholics, extra religious people, y'all love doing this shit. Let me go pay penance somewhere, because if I pay penance somewhere, then I won't feel so bad about it. I'm not technically guilty of it anymore, and I've done my part towards making that particular group of people bettering themselves with money or financial aid or whatever. 
for him, it was like, let me buy you a car, black lady, because I know you're poor and going to college and then let me pay to get your teeth fixed and then let me pay for all your insurance and let me be a little creepy about it, but not completely creepy. Not enough for you to not stop wanting to deal with me anymore or let me pay for your shit. Mm -hmm. So if somebody has a problem with me being okay with race play, I'm going to tell you, you have a problem with race issues a lot more than I do. Okay, stop right there, because this came to a head a couple of years ago, and this was coming from one of the other ladies of color who was freaking out, and I mean spitting her head off about race play and how anyone who dealt in it who was white and doing race play had to be taken down. Now, why? This. Because in her mind, it's if you it, in her mind you're indulging white men and you're making it worse. Now I can tell you for a fact that anyone who's come to me for race play has come to me to be denigrated because they are a person of color. So I'm That's denigrating them because they they're coming to me for that. But to her, and she actually went to I Want Clips and had the whole racial humiliation thing shut down. She went hardcore. She got them to shut that down. And, 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 and every person of color, every one of my beautiful ebony ladies has said to me, that is sex play. It's not the same thing. But at what point do you draw the line? I'm going to right now, as a woman of color, as a woman of education, and as a woman with good old-fashioned common sense. If Mm -hmm. she was so hung up on that, why did she not have ebony clips taken down in general? Because the mass majority of the people who are paying for our clips, that means you should take away all the small penis humiliation videos because you're humiliating small penises. They have rights to... Take yep. down the joy videos. You need to learn how to jack off by your fucking self without my initiation. Yeah. I love when someone gets up and decides to stir the pot so much for everybody, and they're the only one holding the spoon. My grandmama used to say that. Mm-hmm. She started oh, no, a really she, big she was pot going and crazy. then walked she, away from it. Was like, oh, look what I've done. And Those some of the ladies will know who I'm talking about, warriors. and. I don't do that I, either. I don't bring up names. I have no idea who you're talking about, but I'm going to tell you right now. I don't know who she is, and I'm not trying to be mean, but when I say bitch, I mean it in the kindest reference. That bitch don't represent me. Mm-hmm. And when I say does not represent me, I don't mean just does not represent me as a woman. She does not represent me as a black woman, as a woman, as mm-hmm. a professional dominatrix, as a, a race player, if that's what you want to call it. Who am I to tell somebody just like the boy and his little nerdy ass fetish, who am I to tell you what you're coming to for coming to me for is wrong except for me. I tell you where my line in the sand is. I have cutoffs with people. And everybody's like, Oh, that's racist. No, it's not. That's my own personal fucking thoughts on shit. I do not say this for the entire race of people that look like me. I'm saying this for me. Mm-hmm. I am willing to deal with anybody as long as you are willing to fall inside of my requirements on my set life, on my website, on my blog, on all my social media, damn near, you will find somewhere that says 
shit that I'm not willing to do. It's two things, real children, real animals, and that is really it. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're going to look at me like I'm some second-class citizen of BDSM, kink, or the community, or whatever the fuck, you go right on ahead. But remember what I told you. Bitch, you ain't paying my bills, so why are you worried about what I'm doing? If you're that worried about it, why don't you go all the way to the base of what you're trying to take down instead of trimming the hell out of the damn leaves? I'm pulling these leaves of social warrior justice off. Yeah, I'm going to make this tree bare eventually. Or that tree can come back next year stronger, bigger, brighter, 20,000 times more fucking leaves, and you're still out there thinking that you did so much for the fucking tree, and you did nothing. You proved no point. You made the rest of us look ridiculous. I know this has, I'm not trying to pull this into like a political realm, but it's like what I tell people about Trump. You don't have to make up shit mm-hmm. on him. He does enough real-time oh, shit, real-time you who he is. All you have to do is literally wait till 20 minutes after Fox and Friends goes off, yeah. and you can wait to see what your president is going to say and hold that shit against him. It's going to be just as good as anything you could have possibly made up. So yeah. why would you say, take down this whole group of people if you weren't going to say, take down the whole damn site? Because technically, if you look on the vanilla side of things, everything on there is wrong except for straight up, heads up, we having sex to make children. That's true. I have a group of but friends out point, in California okay, so, that run a company called... Hmm? Okay, but the point with this, this is, I and I'm just trying to make sure that this, this gets said and that, that everything is like okay. on the up and up. So at what point, though, because her, I think her thinking was that by all of us indulging in this, we are therefore a bigger part of the problem because at what point do you say, okay, we got to stop doing this? Do you, know, do you see what I'm saying? Like, uh, are we not therefore making things worse because we're indulging this shit? Are you not making someone's, fetish of being beaten extremely worse by beating them every time they come to see you? Are you not adding on to what someone outside of our particular group of people would think is a problem by indulging them in something that you know is blatantly wrong for them? I bet you if somebody walked up to you randomly with a cane and started whacking you with it, you'd probably really have a problem with it. But if you're doing that shit inside of your own home with another consenting adult, it really doesn't count. That goes on for everything. I'm going to tell everybody out there in Radio Land a really quick story, and hopefully y'all won't get too pissed off at me. I had a Jewish client when I very first started out. Mm-hmm. He was an older Jewish man, I think, want to say mid-late 40s. And um, he had a thing for wearing striped pajamas and asking me if I would ask him politely to jump into my oven. I'm black. Nothing about me looks like a Nazi, but that's what the fuck he wanted. He was going mm-hmm. for a big, tall, female force that could make him feel small and inferior in the worst possible way. And for him, his degradational line was with Nazism and the fetishism of Nazism. Am I wrong to deny him a session? Am I wrong to take the session? Damned if I do, damned if I don't. This is the thing. And this is where you're absolutely right. At what point do we draw the line? You, you know, at this point, you'd have to get rid of it's small every, humiliation. You have to get rid thing. of everything. You can't make, yeah, you can't you make can't the line and choose. for everybody. Everybody has their own personal line in the sand. 
and had somebody ask me that stupid Petri dish versus a kid kind of thing and got mad at me when I said, I'm going to grab the baby. I can't do anything about that Petri dish. Well, you're a bad person. Well, then I just have to die a bad person versus the good person who served a human life who was actually already here. See, that to me is just logic. People don't use logic. Another Philip the Pickle shirt. Why use logic when you can use your own personal feelings as facts? Okay, now hold on. I'm going back on Twitter because I want to find what was said this afternoon by Naima. Hold on. Oh, yes. Her quote on there was epic. If you're using it, yeah, I want to repeat it on here. I was hoping she'd call in. But she didn't get a Rebellion. chance. So I kind of was too. I was like, "What happened to the lady herself?" Because it's it was really really well said. Going way back. Ah, there we are. I love people who do multiple part tweets because usually they make a lot more sense than trying to cram it into 280 characters. Okay, race play is still going strong in the USA. The BBC fetish is inherently racist. The whole queen of spades thing. Spade is a racist slur. I don't dabble. I swim in this fetish. And it is steeped in racism. It is a fine line to dance. On calls, the callers seem to refer to black men as disembodied penises. I'm fully aware of the racism in it since I've experienced it myself. And I have seen my husband fetishized. I have a keen understanding of how racist it really is. Thus, my success in the field. Hold on, finding the other one. It's not because racism is going away. It's because no one wants the ramifications of it. Bad media being shut down, etc. The BBC fetish is like a conflagration. When it dies down, that is when race relations are actually healing. Yep. If she put it any better, I would have had to demand that she write the rest of the book behind that. Because a lot of people aren't going to understand that. It's like when you say, we have the freedom of speech. All speech, not just the speech you want to hear. Exactly. Thank you. It's like people getting angry because these these kids are protesting. What? What? Well, the kids don't have a right to protest. You understand what you're talking about. Well, guess oh, what? Cool. When they're paying taxes in a couple of years, you're going to tell them that they're too dumb to understand what they're talking about. When they're older, you're going yep. to tell them they're too old to know what the fuck they're talking about. When they're dead, it's going to be too goddamn late. So exactly when is the appropriate time to be able to be pissed off about some shit and voice your opinion? Because I could have swore the last time I went to Washington, D.C., y'all had this big chunk of paper, and I had to donate like $12.50 at a minimum to a little box to be able to go see the motherfucker to tell me that I have the right to say what I want to say, as long as I don't incite a fucking riot or set something on fire with my actual mind. But mm-hmm. also on that same piece of paper, it says that it takes like three of me to equal one of you, so there's that. Right? Internet got real quiet. <laughs> I told you I'm a horrible human. I'm a horrible human. <laughs> My dogs know better. I'm a horrible human. But yeah, oh, there if you, you go. can have a country. 
Huh? Sorry, Belladonna's in the in the chat room, and she just said, "I'm a German original," which she is. I mean, she's got the accent, she's got it all, and she said, "Do you, you can take a guess at how many people come to me for racial Jew Nazi play?" Duh. Yes. And I have a really good friend that, on a lifestyle uh, level of it, she indulges in the shit because she has a really hard. Nazi fetish, but her fetish for Nazis is like basically making them look ridiculous as humanly possible. One time mm-hmm. she had a boy who came to her that wanted to be like stepped on and goose trampled and all the rest of that good shit. So she basically decided to give him what he wanted, but then she did it like fucking Monty Python and like the hierarchy of silly walks and shit. And I thought it was hilarious. When you can take something that somebody wants, turn it into a denial, and then turn it into something fun. Oh, it's epic. Yeah. My friend Alice from Alice in Bondage Land, her setup is the best. Putting the fun back in femdom. When you take out all of the, it's racist. Oh, that's wrong. Well, you, Don't do rules. that to Once again, it's Don't rules. say that about black people. You've mm-hmm. taken away everything that made the essence of that being a thing being a thing. And once mm-hmm. you take away the essence of something, it's no longer fun. So basically what you're saying is take the fun out of what the fuck you were doing, give her her money, and go away. If that's what she had planned for all of us, by taking down one chunk of a website that caters to shitting on a plate, Mm -hmm. tickling someone half to death while they're tied down, encasing people in vacuum beds, Rick and Morty porn, just all of that slammed together in one big old dumb well, not as well put together site as it could be, yeah, then she wins. Those kind of people get to win. And the rest of us end up losing by proxy because somebody thought their opinion was worth enough because enough of us didn't raise our opinion that it wasn't. I blame shit like that on people like us. We did not yell loud enough. We did not protest enough. We did not say enough. We did not have these kind of conversations on interviews to be like, take it down just because one chick can't handle this shit. She's the same person mm-hmm. in Brown that are the white people for Kaepernick saying he's disgracing every person that ever walked under the flag and served for it. He com- has nothing to do with the flag. On how the United States has been right now. <laughs> it ain't got nothing. To- he didn't say personally that people to do that carry the arms for the United States are doing it. We're saying on a city-to-city, county-to-county basis, we got a problem with people who are supposed to be protected. Exactly. Not on an international level. Did he say something about not liking his local National Guard? No. <laughs> uh, I had a friend of mine, her brother is a uh, retired military, and he, he's, he's uh, interracial. His mom is Caucasian. His mom, his dad is black. And um, mm-hmm. he gave me this whole drawn-out, trying-to-make-a-point type deal where he said, if somebody in your family had served, which I do have people in my family who served, that's why we come in a smorgasbord of colors, uh, mm-hmm. if someone in your family who served and people decided to come up to the funeral and just randomly just like take a knee, they're allowed to. That's their right. If a bunch of people yeah. from the KKK wanted to show up with their fucking crosses on fire, they're allowed to. It's their right. As long as they don't disrupt my funeral, I don't have a problem with it. You want to stand over there and act the ass, go right on ahead. Did your mama not teach you nothing of like having some self-control? Screaming and hollering from the top of the rafters that that shit ain't right is a very, very vivid show of you have no self-control and you need to be coming to see somebody like me to fix that shit. Um, but me they can't do something. Yeah, but Beautiful. me telling somebody you can't do that because I'm trying to have a private moment right now and we're in a public place, 
that's as much as you tell me that I can't tell you you're a horrible human being. The things that you do and are willing to do to other human beings are horrible because I gave, took away your rights, so now you're allowed to take away mine. An eye for an eye, and we're all blind. Anybody remember that? I'm not a really big fan of the Bible, but there are a couple really good, like, jab you in the side verses. <laughs> oh, we've got a couple callers on the line. We're going to take them real quick because we're going to have to wrap this up, unfortunately. Like I said, I'm telling you, we're going to have to get you back on, darling. Part two. Okay, hello. You are on In Bed with Dr. Sue. Who am I speaking with? This is Amazon and Anna. This shit was getting serious. I had to call in. Yes. Oh, my God, Anana, really? (laughs) What's going on, girl? I sound like I totally filled the box with people that I know so the show would go well. Oh, exactly. You hit all the major points. It seems like people don't understand that if you are a black woman of a certain age, Mm -hmm. our parents were not born with the right to vote. We are the first generation of African Americans who can vote, and we value freedom of speech. And so, I mean, if you're, somebody's going to exert that privilege over you, damn it, they're going to pay us. And just because somebody appoints themselves as a leader of the community, that doesn't make them a leader. A leader is promoted by a community's voice. So if you don't like somebody saying something, you need to speak up and let, let it be known that you don't agree and either be the leader that you want or just shut the fuck up and go away. <laughs> well done, Anana. I'm going to bring in, we have Naim, uh, sorry, Naim is here. <laughs> Are you yeah, there? Yeah. 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 And am I, how am I saying your name right? Is it Naima or yeah, Naima? It's Naima. 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 Okay. That's what I thought. Okay. Call me Naima. <laughs> Naima. So, yeah, I love it. Okay. The whole BBC fetish thing is inherently racist. Um a lot of times on Nice Alert, the guys will talk about, they talk about the dudes, and, and and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, it's like a disembodied penis. Like, there's no man. There's no character around this supposed black man who's fucking their wife or fucking their face. And then we start talking about superiority, and I always get these examples. And I, I, can, I can wait for it. I know he's going to say the word court or field. And you always hear, look at their superiority on the court basketball. Look at their superiority mm-hmm. on the field. <laughs> it's just satisfying the, the penis and the, and the primal strength. They just don't see black men as whole people. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. It's super sad. Oh. It's extra true. And we all yeah. know it. And if you didn't know it before, you were trying to fake like you didn't know it. Now you know it. You listen to this show. It's too goddamn late. No take backs. <laughs> if I have to hear anybody who tuned into this show get on their social justice warrior soapbox and be like, oh, my God, what they said about black people and people of color and everything, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to tell you real quick. Let's go back to the very beginning of the show. Did you not hear me when I said you can just go eat a whole bag of baby dicks? You probably heard about that, too. By the way, Inanna's call dropped. I wish she would. We're sorry. I don't. I don't know if she hung up or if. A blog talk hung up on her or whatever. She was here. She's not here now. But thank you, Inanna, for calling in, just so you can hear. Um, we got to really wrap this up. Does anybody want to say anything? Um, Naima, do you want to say anything? Oh, I said my piece. You want to make a good point? <laughs> <laughs> she said her piece. 
Well, actually, you said your piece. You wrote your piece. I really wish the rest of that piece would come in book form so I can hand it out to random black people who don't want to get on the train and white people who just don't understand and all the other people in between (laughs) who probably aren't getting it either because they're confused by the brown people and the white people. Oh, I'll say something. You want you, know you want to start a controversy? I'll start a controversy right now. If you are white and you are listening to me, you are racist. <laughs> there you go. Okay. You cannot possibly. We all went to hell. This is why we can't have nice shit, Sherry. This <laughs> goes that right there. You cannot I know possibly be racist. Like Sherry from HR. <sighs> nope. You cannot. You cannot be raised in this continent in the past god decades no let's go millennia and not be racist it can't be done we were all taught that way we were all raised that way whites were raised to be racist so you're racist you've been duped (laughs) but you're racist I'm racist. I'm white. Kind of like Avenue Q. We're all just a little bit gay sometimes. We're all, and it comes to brown people too, a little bit racist sometimes. And it's the divide that other people have made amongst us, not just in color, but in how much money you make, what it is that you do for procession, what kind of clothes you wear, what kind of. There are constantly people out there who are going to put lines in the sand to eventually try to draw a box around you so that your box isn't connected to the next box and you are less connected to the people that you are with. And if you keep going the way you're going, they're going to win, we're going to lose, and like I said before, it's going to be nobody's fault but our own because we didn't scream loud enough, we didn't say as much as we needed to, and nobody said this shit needs to stop right now. I'm not going to say race play needs to stop. I'm not going to say any of that. But what I am going to say is until somebody finds a way to fix the big shit, Stop worrying about how the fuck I'm making my money. Mind your business. I say it all the time. Mind mm-hmm. your damn business. Just mind <laughs> your damn business. <laughs> just mind it. I'm serious. Like, just if you people would spend all the time that you take to take on these stupid little, you know, oh, I'm going to make I want clips, stop racial, whatever, and poured that into your business, oh, my God, think of the money you'd make. You're wasting your time. I'm just saying. I bet you she's going to end up getting trimmed Pick in her your first. battle. <laughs> that isn't one of them. <laughs> I told somebody that yesterday. Anyways, that ladies, thank fun. you so much because I do have again. to hit the last bit up here, and we are going to go to the delicious Miss Casby's interview. And I love you, Mia. Thank you so much. Thank you, Naima, for being on the show. Thank you, Mia, for being on the show. Oh, my God, you are so coming back. Thank you for having me. I'd love to be back. I love you guys. Thank you. Yes. Okay. I'm sorry. I don't mean to, like, end it really fast like that. Here's the reason why. I have Kaz's interview. I, you have to hear Kaz. She's just an amazing – you've got to read this book. It's unreal. And this is the new segment on the show called Dr. Sue's Erotic Book Club, which is like Oprah's Book Club, only it's way hotter. And for our maiden voyage, we have um, – we're going to be going into the erotic realms. And like I said, I'm going to bring you Mistress Casby's Sordid Secrets. So here is my interview with 
Mistress Casby. And after that, you are also going to hear, guess what? An excerpt from the book. Welcome, everybody, to this new segment of In Bed with Dr. Sue. And I'm going to be bringing you some new authors, not necessarily, necessarily, like I said, brand spanking new. They may actually be throwing some stuff out there here and there. But a lot of times when it comes to erotica, and I've brought this up on the show many, many times, you find that femdom erotica is written by men. So when I hear that one of our own doms is actually getting out there and writing erotica, I want you guys to know about it. And today we have with us Mistress Kaz. And you are going to love this book. But first of all, welcome Mistress Kaz. Hello, Dr. Sue. How are you? Hello, my darling. How are you? I am so glad you are here. <laughs> I'm, I'm very happy to be here. I'm really excited. Oh, thank you. And I'm excited to have you here because you have just started your career in erotica with this brand new book. Yep. But the yummy part of all of this is, even though you may or may not have known Mistress Kaz, She's been around a long time, and that's what's going to make the books so delicious. Because you're not just getting, you know, Fifty Shades of Grey, Chick's Never Seen a BDSM Dungeon in Her Life. No, no, no. We have a lot of years under our belt, and you're going to be listening to all those beautiful stories in the stories that Mistress Kaz has coming up. So... How long have you been in the business, my dear? Well, um, I've been in the business about 10 years now. And how did you get your start? I've been a dominatrix for 10 years now, and it all began when I started as, as a presenter on a late-night babe channel called Sport Triple X. Now, at the time, the show was the kind of show where the audience ring in, and they want to have a sexy chat with the presenters. And at the time, I was I was um, very much into, and I still am, latex, leather, rubber. I used to wear the king's boots and the gloves. So the slate, you know, these guys would call in, assuming I'm, I was a mistress, and they'd say to me, oh, mistress, can you dominate me? Or I just want to be bent over your knee and show them what a naughty boy I am. And, uh, you know, in the beginning, I thought, oh, okay. <laughs> I'll read up on this. I'll start researching a little bit. And then I started getting my regulars, and I'd dominate the guys on the phone, and, you know, had such a good time. And this eventually led me into doing um, webcam sessions, where we'd, we'd use Skype or, or one of the, the cam stations, and uh, we would, I would do a live show. I could see them as well, and I'd dominate them via the webcam. Uh, and I started to grow a following and build some friendships and have a really good banter with this community of slaves. And over time, they were saying, uh, mistress, you know, I'd really love to come and see you for a real-time session, if you consider it. And the more I read up on it, and the more I kind of practiced with partners, and I thought, yeah, I really want to do this. I want to meet some of these these slaves. I, I want to try my hand at being a dog. So I did. I saw a couple of slaves that I knew really well by the webcam, and used them as human guinea pigs. And um, I loved it so much, I went out and bought a load of equipment, and um, it began from there 10 years ago, <laughs> and here I am today still doing it. That is fantastic. What I love about this story is technically your wardrobe got you into BDSM. I think that's hysterical. Yeah, yeah 
That is so cool. (laughs) Here you go. Kind of fell into that one. So what got you into writing? Why start writing erotica? Um, well, I did my degree in writing, even as a kid, I would sit and write stories. It's always something that I've had a passion for. And then um, I had this, this chance meeting, I got chatting to this, this guy online, and he said, I'm opening up a new publishing company, and I'm looking for erotic writers. And, he, you know, and he'd, um, he'd put some short erotic stories that I'd written on my website, um, and he really liked them. He said, could you do something, you know, and, and we'll make it into a mini novella. So uh, I adapted a story that I'd begun, changed it differently, rewrote it ten times, and it becomes something different by the end. Uh, and that's, that's how it began, really. Yeah, have you had any kind of experience writing? Because that's, that's a daunting task. I mean, most people, to sit down and write a novel of any kind, it's a huge thing. How, like, yeah. you just kind of went, ah, sure. Or is it something you've I always think, loved doing? Yeah, I've always loved doing it. And it's one of those points in life where you, you, you kind of go through life doing all these different things, and then suddenly the pieces of the jigsaw start falling into place. Because in the run-up to this, I've been writing for a, um, a website called Men's Stuff Magazine. Um, I've been, I'm also an agony aunt for the Daily Sport, and I write a lot of articles for them as well. So I've been writing for a lot of other people. And for, for myself, I've been doing a lot of creative writing. So whilst this is, more, this is um, you know, a creative piece, I, I was basing some of it on life experiences that I've had. Uh, things that I've seen, so it was kind of drawing on not just my experiences and the creativity, but the transferable skills that I'd learned from, you know, writing for other people. Tell us about Sorted Secrets. It's just so yummy and delicious. You guys are going to love it. It's, it's a romance novel, and uh, it, it's going to be absolute carnage. Um, I can't tell you too much and give too much away <laughs> right now, but the, there's three protagonist so the story is told from the eyes of three different people so I can't tell you too much again but let's concentrate on one of them Lady Athena and what I wanted to get across in the book is you know I think you mentioned at the beginning of the conversation about some of these these novels who you know that they're written in a way that's quite misogynistic and it's in a way that can oppress women because they're always in that subservient role I think you know in the in in film I think people are beginning to use more female models but in literature, it's, it's not happening enough. And even some, I don't know if I can name other books, but one, you know the one that's very famous that kind of broke the market a few years back. Even that, it's kind of... Which one? Fifty Shades? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like borderline domestic abuse, and that just leaves me cold. Not that I'm flagging off the writing because I think it's brilliant, but I just the, the themes within it just leave me a little bit cold. So I want to do something well, completely different. I think because the overall feeling of Fifty Shades was that it was more or less pandering to the typical female submissive. It was, you know, but again, hey, just like you, we can't knock it because, sorry, she's published and the rest of us aren't, so fight me. (laughs) She did a good job, no matter what way you slice it. Do Do the rest of us in the community think the books were good? They were written fine. It was just, it didn't, it was... Clearly, that was a publishing thing. You could just see it. It was publisher written all over it. Definitely. So I wanted to create a really strong female lead. And these are women who are doing what they do because they love it. They want to do it. Nobody is telling them what to do. And they're completely in control of their own lives. And they're having lots of steamy sex as well. And it's just it's just a, a world of steaminess and 
fun. <laughs> yes, ladies, you're going to need a fan if you're going to be reading this. Let me tell you, you're going to need. Uh, actually, better yet, get a slave to fan you while you're reading it. I think that's better. But definitely, you have to get Sorted Secrets. It's volume one. The second volume is already in the works. She's typing away like a madwoman over there, doing everything she can to bring you even more delicious yumminess. So I want you to go to inbedwithdrsue.com. You're going to find links to Amazon.com, plus I'm going to be putting up the UK Canadian one, just so that you guys can find it super, super easy, depending on where you are. You can definitely pick up Sorted Secrets. I've read it. You guys are going to die. Yeah, it's, it's so hot, so steamy. Definitely pick it up. How can they find you? There's a few places they can find me. Uh, if they're looking to book a session or find out more about what I do, they can go to my fetish website, and that is www.uk-fetish.co.uk. Also, if you're on Twitter, you can follow me on twitter.com slash Thank you, Kaz. I appreciate you being on the show. Thank you so much. It's been amazing. You're brilliant. And now for an excerpt from Sorted Secrets. One, two, three, four, five, Mistress Hollard. Rise and form an orderly line side by side. On cue, the other slaves efficiently formed a line. I imagine this must be a daily ritual, as everyone except me seemed to know their place. I followed their actions, not wanting to stand out and be humiliated in front of everyone. It sounds silly now. This is what I signed up for, but I was especially looking forward to the one-on-one time with Mistress, and was not in a hurry to be humiliated publicly. For a second, my thoughts returned to my wife, and I felt a pang of regret again. I thought of my golf clubs waiting in the trunk of the car, unused. Of course, I would have to pretend that the golfing holiday had been a real riot, and make up some crazy stories about the other chaps to lend it authenticity. I hated lying, especially to her. She just wouldn't understand my needs, though, my desire to be dominated. I had to get my fix to keep calm. I figured a whole week of this lifestyle should get it out of my system for a long time. Then I could go back to being the caring husband I usually was. I felt like a complete cad. After this, I won't do it again. Perhaps I'd even take her away somewhere, just the two of us. Oh, fuck. Athena was approaching me and my brain turned to mush. As she walked towards me in her tight black leather corset, her breasts heaved and spilled over the top. I'm ashamed to admit I thought of exploring them with my tongue and sucking them like ripe, succulent fruit. There was strong underlying fear within me, too, which lurched every time she took a step closer, and I hoped she could not tell what I was thinking. Number two, cried Mistress, and there was a rumble of laughter from around me. Oh, great. I was number two comparable with a bowel motion. Maybe I wanted to be number five now. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, you got to get the book. It is really, really good. Anyways, I want to thank tonight's guest, 
Mistress Mia Dark, who I know is going to be back on the show real soon. Be sure to hit up InBedWithDrSue.com for links to find Mistress Mia. And you can book a session. Don't forget, she's also going to be going to DomCon LA in May. And I also want to thank Mistress Kaz B for sharing her delicious novel with us and being the first in our erotic book club. Um, Again, head to the website, yes, for all the links to Sorted Secrets and to Mistress Kaz's website and her Twitter profile. Thank you to everyone in the chat room tonight. You guys always make the show cast away. Bella, um, Robin was there. Um, Literatrix was there. Anna was there. Lynn's there. It was just, it was crazy in the chat room tonight. Be sure to read my latest article in Kinky Magazine at kinkymag.com. And, of course, you can find all my articles and audios on thedrsuereview.com and all of these wonderful shows at inbedwithdrsue.com. Join us April 17th at 10 p.m. when I'll be joined by the lovely Devin Desaad for a discussion about animal play. Now, not to be mistaken for furries, guys, this part of BDSM is quite different, and Devin is going to inform us about what goes on with this type of play, who does it, and why. So don't miss animal play on April 17th. Until then, stay safe and be happy. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.